Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. You're listening to episode 26, and today the lash artist that I'm interviewing is Adrienne from Halifax Lashes. And Adrienne really caught my eye because she's a home-based artist and she's also an educator, but she really hones in on the artistry behind everything that she does, whether it's social media or an actual lash set that she's doing. Her work is just so clean and so beautifully shaped, and I really encourage you guys to start following her and check her out, and you will also be inspired by the things that she puts out there. I know a lot of the bosses and artists that I bring on the show are talking a lot about the business side of everything, but Adrian really inspires me in an artistic way, and I think that's really important for our industry to always be inspired by other artists and um, people who really, you know, get it as far as the artistry goes. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. There is a few announcements at the end of this episode, so make sure to stay tuned. But without further ado, here is Adrian. What got you into the lash industry in the first place and like what year was this? So I started in 2012. I started in the aesthetic industry. So I worked in the salon for about four years. And during this time, I lashes were just starting in my area in Nova Scotia. So it was still really new and it was love at first sight. I, as soon as I saw these eyelashes, then like, I took my basic training and it was a two-day training and I just started doing more and more lashes and I got better as I went. And then during that time of my life, I wasn't really enjoying being an esthetician. I was doing pedicures all day long and I wasn't doing a lot of lashes. It was just kind of another service I was doing on the side. And so I decided I needed a little bit of a break. So I took a six-month leave from my work and I decided to go traveling and I did my dive master, so completely a different field, diving, scuba diving. I went to the Seychelles hmm. in the Indian Ocean, and I started doing fish research for the country there for three months. And then I made my way over to Thailand and got some scuba diving lessons there. I hopped around, did a little bit of traveling in Vietnam, Australia, and uh, yeah, I definitely have a love. For travel, which is great that eyelash extensions have now been able to give me this travel luxury at the same time. But mm-hmm. when I was in Australia, I actually had my first set of uh, volume lashes done when I was there. So that kind of sparked another thing in my mind. Oh, volume lashes. That was the first time I ever heard of it. And when I got home after my month of traveling, I went back to my salon and I told them, I said, you know, there's this thing called volume lashes. I think we should really start. Um, you know, it's really big in Australia and maybe we could start, you know, I know the East Coast of Canada, we're always late when it comes to fashion and stuff like that. So I said, we should start now. So I took my volume class. It was a one day class. I don't remember what year this was, but it's maybe like 2014 and mm-hmm. it was a one class I, I have to say it wasn't you know the best class because it was just starting out and you know we were having a hard time even the instructor had a little bit of a hard time making her fans so I mean it was all, um, but to be completely honest I didn't start doing volume lashes till two years after that I just there was no demand here in Halifax so at what point did you feel like you got 
very proficient at volume because your work now is, you know, winning competitions and it's very sought after. So when did, I guess, volume become one of your strong points? I would have to say it's only been about two or three years now that I've been really focusing on volume and practicing volume. Like I said before, I was I did a training in November of last year. This was my first real volume training. So I was kind of self-taught before then on how to properly do my fans or, you know, I was just figuring it out as I go, which tweezers work best for me, what glue, what lashes, et cetera. So my first training I took in Russia with, uh, her name was Alona. It was a one-day class. We started, I think, around 10 to maybe 8 or 9 at night. So it was a long day, but we talked a lot about styles and different mapping for each eye. And she uses the hand technique, so where we rolled the lashes onto the fingers. And that was a whole new Mm -hmm. technique to me because I always use the strip right on the, I used a a tile to do my lashes Mm -hmm. and I just kind of use the sticky part on the strip. And this here, you removed the lashes completely and rolled the lashes with your fingers to create the fan. So it was a whole new technique. And I thought that was really interesting to try something new. And that's one thing I really like about learning from different instructors or teachers is that you're going to get something different from everyone. And there's no right or wrong. It's just figuring out what you prefer at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. um, since then, I've taken a few different trainings as well. I took Nelly Soimina's class in Kazakhstan, which was very intense class. I think it was a four-day training. They were really long days. She had a lot of knowledge. She's very creative in creating her technique. Of course, there's a lot of things that might be a little bit controversial as well and what she teaches. But I think at the end of the day, I just, I love learning everyone's point of view because everyone's point of view on lashes and thickness and curl and everything is so different. So since then, I've taken two online trainings again in Russia. They were just webinars about uh, different mapping and also colored lashes, how to properly blend them if you're doing colored lashes, I really enjoy doing fantasy lashes and all that kind of stuff, glitter, and it just breaks up your day from your regular black lashes. So it's fun to switch it up. Mm-hmm. So when you compete, do you compete in both the fantasy category and the other one, or usually just one or the other? So the last few competitions I've competed in, I've done both, but every time I seem to strive a little bit more in the fantasy category, I think it's just because I probably just enjoy doing it more. So it's, it shows in my work, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. The last uh, competition I did took me fifth place or fourth place in the world for this particular international competition in Paris. And I did uh, a unicorn look and the colors are beautiful. And it's just so fun to spice it up a little bit and do something different. Yeah, congrats on that. What other competitions have you competed in? And do you mind just sharing like some of the, I guess, like awards that you've won so far? Yeah, so I've only ever competed in this particular competition called Les Victoires du Regard, which is mm-hmm. owned by a, a, a French company called Missensil. And mm-hmm. they're now internationally in, I think, 50 or 55 different countries. And they have uh, distributors 
worldwide and they organized this eyelash competition. And the nice thing about this competition is that when you're applying, you're, you send in your pictures and then the judges go through all the pictures and pick their top five in each category. And then once they pick out these top five, they will fly you out to Paris for the finale. And that's something that no other competition out there is like this one where they'll Mm -hmm. fly you out to do the competition. And at the end of the day, there's a huge gala where everyone's dressed up to the nines, which is, it's really fancy and it makes you feel good. And it's, it's a beautiful competition and I'm really thankful that I was able to participate this year in the finale. So, and meet some amazing lash artists along the way. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. And so you've just been invited to be a speaker and a judge at a competition soon. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So this was my first time being a judge or a speaker at a competition. And this one here was placed in Honolulu in Hawaii. And it was a really good competition. I got to see some amazing lash artists in both classic uh, volume and fantasy category. And in the classic and volume category, was surprised there was a lot of people competing from Japan and a lot of people from the islands as well. And for fantasy, the creativity that I see in these girls is just amazing, you know, to be able to think of all these different kind of colors, glitters, body paint to uh, hair extensions and, you know, even down to the nail, the nails. So it's crazy mm-hmm. how they think of every single detail when it comes to a competition, which is so nice to see. And also a great thing that I got to do while I was there was meet some amazing judges that have been doing this for years and get their point of view and tips and tricks on, you know, because I feel like I'm just starting in this industry and they've been doing it for so long. So it's so nice to speak with them and, you know, get a little bit of a, an in on, you know, how they got into it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So with the fantasy category, when you're judging, I'm just asking um, for, I guess, the listeners who aren't familiar with competitions. Can you explain how judging a fantasy category is different than judging just a volume category? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, classic and volume category, we're judging on the direction of the lash, you know, the fans, how the symmetry Mm -hmm. is and the length they use, the weight, all that good stuff. With uh, fantasy, we're going to look at all that as well, but we're also going to look at how they blend the colors in together and what kind of jewelries that they add on to the lash. Because I mean, the jewelry that you add on to the lash extension is usually the hardest part because you don't want to put something too heavy that'll, you know, close the eye shut. So you have to know like how much can you put on there, feathers and mm-hmm. all those accessories and body paint to make up. So we're judging on more than just the lashes. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a lash competition. So we are judging on the lashes, but we are judging also on the overall look and how everything complements. Nice. So I want to ask a little bit about you as a lash artist. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Like, are you lashing from home? Are you in a studio? Yeah, so currently I'm lashing from home. I'm very much enjoying it. I've been lashing from home for maybe three or four years now and there's pros and cons I mean 
ideally one day I'd like to open a salon, but I think for now I'm really enjoying the convenience of being in my home. Yeah. So do you work like five days a week or do you try to cram all of your lash appointments in a few days or how do you break up your week? So I typically work Monday to Friday and I work longer days. Like I'll take evening appointments throughout the week and I'll, but I'll start my day around 10 or even 11 sometimes if I'm going right till like say 9 p.m. So I'm not too Mm -hmm. tired at the end of the day because I find, I don't know, but other lash techs, but I get really stiff back after the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah. if I am working really late evenings, then I won't start to like 10 or 11 in the morning. So I can sleep mm-hmm. in a little bit. So what product lines do you like working with? So right now, I mean, I've tried so many and right now it just comes down to price. You know, I order my lashes mm-hmm. and my glue from Ukraine and Russia. My I use eye beauty lashes and I use lovely lashes for my glue. My favorite glue is M by Beauty Eye. I've been using that one for about a year now. I love the brand. It works really good in my area. I know here in Nova Scotia, we have really high humidity. And so some days it can go up to 80 or even 90 sometimes percent. So having a good glue is really key. So it's just finding what works best for you. And I find this glue works really good. Yeah. Do you have anyone that you look up to in the lash industry or any mentors? Yeah. I mean, over the years, I've had several individuals that have provided me with encouragement and emotional support in the industry. With regards to mentors, absolutely. I mean, I have many. I think I've had the privilege of being employed in very different varieties of work environments, all of which have given me tremendous learning and enriching experiences. And I have people Mm -hmm. that continue to remain in contact with even today, not only to share my success, but to seek their advice and their guidance. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think my biggest inspiration I'd have to say would be my students. I love to see them succeed. And I mean, that's rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah. So for your classes, are you teaching them all in Halifax or are you traveling? Right now, I I do teach in Halifax, but I travel as well. I have an upcoming class coming up in October in Montreal, and hopefully I'll have a few more lined up a little bit everywhere else. But definitely, I love to travel. So if I can get a two-in-one, you know, teach and travel, I mean, That's that's ideal. Yeah, definitely. What would you say that a student can get out of taking a class with you? Like what what would you say is the biggest takeaways from some classes that you teach? Like, are you very hands on? Do you go very in depth into theory? Do you give them homework? So with my training, I think I do go really in depth with theory I only use a manual for classic lashes. I don't use a manual for volume or for my mega volume class. I find hands-on is really the way to go. I'm literally beside yeah. you the whole way. I watch everything. If I don't like something, I will tell you to take that lash off or start over. <laughs> Very much a perfectionist. So, I mean, I want it done the right way. So when I'm teaching and let's say someone doesn't do it the right way, well, they're going to have to do it over and over until they have it right. Because I mean, Mm -hmm. 
my students is kind of portraying my work as well because I'm teaching them. So I want my students to be, you know, the best version of themselves. Yeah, totally. And then would you say that you go into detail on like any type of business stuff or are you more like on the artistry of everything? I talk a little bit about business. I don't focus too, too much on it. Like I'll talk about pricing and Mm -hmm. how to build your Instagram page a little bit, editing your pictures or adding color to your, your website or your Instagram. I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but I'll touch on Facebook as well. But yeah, I tend to not focus too, too much on that and really focus on more the hands-on on really getting the technique down and showing them the different types of techniques there are out there because what may work for me may not work for you and what and vice versa, you know? Right, exactly. Speaking of your Instagram, I'm loving the pink everywhere. Thank you. I think it's it's my favorite color clearly too, but <laughs> I really like your page. So if anyone's listening, go on to Halifax Lashes on Instagram and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's just a lot of pink and it's, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not like too aggressive or anything. Like a lot of people don't like the color pink or they'll just kind of say like, it looks like pink threw up everywhere or something. I take offense to that, but no, it's like your page is, I like it. I like the layout and everything. Thank you. I've been thinking about toning it down a little bit because I was looking at it the other day and I'm like, "Eh, maybe it's a little too much pink, but hey, it is girly. Yeah. And I think that you do a good job on sending like the message that you want to send to who you want to send it to. So do you get, do you have anyone that I guess has guided you or inspired you with, I guess, social media marketing, or have you kind of figured that out just by trial and error? I mean, if we all go to Maven Artistries, Facebook or Instagram, I mean, her page is a dream. I love the look of it, her colors, and that's kind of one of my inspirations for sure when it comes to marketing. She does a beautiful job with it. And, you know, I just kind of play around with, you know, stuff on my end, but nowhere near. <laughs> I mean, hopefully one day yeah. I'm just practicing as I go. I'm just teaching myself. So, I mean, I don't have a graphic design degree or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. just doing everything by myself. I don't have anyone else doing it for me. So but other than my logo, I, I did have someone make a logo for me. So, But speaking of Trina, I think on her story, she had posted one day that she doesn't really believe in, you know, posting just to post. And I completely agree. And I can see you do that on your page too. You don't just try to make a post because, you know, you haven't made one in the last couple of days. And she says like specifically she hates the picture where it's like a coffee cup and it's like happy Monday. And she's right. It doesn't do anything for your business to just put like placeholders or anything. So, and I just appreciate people's pages that they still have like a flow to it and like an overall aesthetic, but it doesn't, it's not just like these placeholders making that. So it's kind of like even the lash pictures have purpose too, and they have an aesthetic to them too. Exactly. And that's the hardest part is posting Mm -hmm. regularly. I mean, I can't, I mean, I go months sometimes without posting because I mean, I have probably a couple thousand pictures on my phone right now I could post, but if there's something that's not perfect about it, I won't post it. And that's just me. If it's not perfect or not pertinent to what I want to give out, I completely agree. I wouldn't just post a a mug and say happy Wednesday, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, I know that it's hard to like come up with content sometimes because you want it to fit in your page. But if you think about it, when people go to your page, it's kind of like a snapshot of your business. And if they're flooded with all of these like coffee cups and like palm trees, they look pretty, but it's not really doing anything for your audience. So I would prefer just seeing someone's work, even if they posted it three months ago, than just seeing, you know, the beach and an ice cream cone and and things like that. But um, I think that was like a trend for a long time, especially with artists um, to just like put pictures like that up. But I think that there's kind of a shift going on now where people are maybe posting a little bit less, being a little bit more active on stories to stay relevant, but just making sure that each post on their Instagram has a purpose. And I think I like the direction that it's going. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I mean, that's the hardest part is being creative enough to think of something unique and different that someone else hasn't posted yet, you know? That's, uh, right. I think my biggest struggle is finding something creative and different that no one's heard of yet, or, you know, not posting the same right. things that someone else posted or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I even find that nowadays I'm trying to spend a little less time on social media, just scrolling because it's just, there's so much stuff to like ingest or digest. And it's like, it just is not good. <laughs> I completely agree. I find I have taken a step back, even myself, because I noticed I was waking up to my phone and every two seconds I'm looking at my phone and it can be toxic at times. You know, there's a lot of, you know, although we try and stay as positive as we can, you know, at the end of the day, there's always a little bit of negativity on social media. So, you know, and that kind of, you know, that brings it down a little bit. So taking a break from social media is never a bad idea. I mean, it's, I mean, no Mm -hmm. one's going to, you know, message you and be like, oh, you haven't been on Instagram in a while. Uh, What are you doing? Get on it. You know? So. Yeah, exactly. And I think even just like digesting everyone else's content can kind of like subliminally make you like start doing what everyone else is doing. And um, I think that taking a little bit of a break and just getting inspired by your own mind and your own ideas and your own life kind of helps make your feed unique as well, you know? Absolutely. And we're really lucky that nowadays we even have Instagram. It's free advertising for us. And I look at it as, yeah. you know, an online portfolio. You can display your your beautiful work to everyone. And yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So do you listen to any audiobooks or read any books or any or listen to any podcasts that you feel you want to share? Um, it's funny. I don't read books and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's because my first language is French. So mm-hmm. English reading in English is not always easy for me. So I just avoid mm-hmm. reading all throughout and I'm not a huge fan of podcasts. I mean, the only ones that I've listened to <laughs> was your Lashbox radio, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I usually tend to stick to myself, uh, you know, my website or, you know, working on, you know, for yeah. a few personal goals. And I mean, if I have downtime, I usually watch French reality TV, which kind of brings my mind, you know, to another, I don't have to think, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a relaxing time of day. Yeah. So that's usually what I do. I'll watch, you know, French reality TV, which is just funny. And, you know, it takes your mind off everything <laughs> else. 
Yeah, no, and that's important too. I agree. So do you have any like hobbies or passions outside of the industry? Yeah, for sure. I love diving. Like I said before, I used to teach uh, diving in Thailand. So I definitely like anything adrenaline. Yeah, I love sharks. I know people think I'm crazy, but... <sighs> wait, wait, wait. How, how close have you ever gotten to a shark? Oh, touching distance, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I would never touch them. Okay, well, what is it like? Oh, it's great. I mean, what you think of sharks is usually you think, oh, they're mean, they're going to bite you. But typically mm-hmm. when you're out in the deep blue, they're not going to be aggressive unless you do something to them. They're really just swimming around. And actually, most of the time, they're sleeping at the bottom of the ocean during the day. So, yeah, they're not scary at all. (laughs) (laughs) What was your first encounter with one like, though? I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit of a heart rush, you know, a little, the Mm -hmm. the adrenaline was going. But I mean, that's good. I love anything that's like that. And (laughs) yeah, you see it kind of coming towards you and they're like, oh, like, is it going to turn around? But yeah, it's fine. I, and that's the thing. I love anything that oh gets your heart racing. Yeah, I think my heart would stop. <laughs> like, I think I would actually die. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, anything like that. I love um, I love traveling. I've been to maybe 20 different countries now. So wow. anything, yeah, that brings joy to my life, you know, traveling is one of them. So, yeah. yeah. So the lash industry and some of the countries that you've been in, have you seen any countries be more or less advanced than Canada or the U.S.? Absolutely. I find like Ukraine, Russia, Kazakhstan, that side of the world, uh, even Poland. Way more advanced. Way more advanced. They're pretty much, that's why I've taken all my trainings there is because I know sure. they, they know what they're doing. And I found like... Mm-hmm. Places like France or like the West Coast of Europe, a little bit less advanced. Even Canada is not, I mean, we have some amazing lash artists in Canada, but we're still a little bit behind. I find even in Halifax, you know, we're a little city here. So it's not a big city like Montreal or Vancouver. So, yeah, we're, mm-hmm. yeah we definitely need more more lash artists, that's for sure. But. Yeah. Overall, I find I found also in Japan their their cleanliness and their hygiene is amazing. They everything they take everything into consideration and they're very very clean. I mean we're clean here too, but they they're like super OCD. <laughs> you know, even if they put their tweezers down on their pillow, they'll disinfect their tweezers. You know, oh, any little thing like that. You know, they have gloves, they have their mask, they have they work in a particular fashion where everything's like structured, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. What do you think that you would be doing if you weren't in the lash industry? I know you said that you really love diving, but let's even take that away too. So what <laughs> would you be doing if you didn't have diving or lashes? Oh my, that's a hard one because I do love diving, but I think anything, <laughs> You know, I a few years ago, I applied to be on the fire department here in Halifax, mm. and I've thought about being a firefighter for a long time. I think it would be a really rewarding job. Yeah. I think anything that's, you know, that's going to give you reward, you know, is mm-hmm. a good job. I mean, I think being a firefighter is an active do- job. It keeps you healthy. There's so many pros to that one. So I think that's probably what I would have gone into. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I just have one more question. Do you have a motto or just like any words that you live by day to day? So my big motto, and this is written on my website as well, is for each one of my students to be the best version of themselves. So that's what I strive for. I want them to be better than what I was when I first started. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say that's definitely words that I live by and kind of my motto, I guess. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Lash Boss Radio. I look forward to sharing with you all of the other guests that I have lined up for 2019. If you would like to keep up with the Lash Boss from today, Adrienne, you can do so at Halifax Lashes on Instagram. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. A couple of other things that will be in the show notes are a link to sign up for my newsletter, which is starting on January 1st of 2019. It's going to include monthly tips and tricks on lash artistry and also running a business in the lash industry. It'll also have access to webinars, so make sure to sign up so that you don't miss a newsletter. There's also going to be another link in there for the community that I started on Facebook. It's called Lash Bosses, and you can basically connect with other lash bosses throughout the world to talk about lash business and lash artistry, and it's really great. It's not self-serving at all. It's very educational, and it's very monitored so that there's spam. So make sure to check those two things out and I will be back very soon for episode 27.